What up, it's your boy, the Mark Rob, aka Sean Matt Love, aka Gordon Darks, aka Pacey Twitter, aka 4i Willie, coming at you with another episode of Deleted Scenes. This week's Deleted Scenes episode is a bit different from normal. On the front end, we have standard Deleted Scenes fare going back as far as August 9th. Me and Kat chop it up over movies to watch for the year, our expectations for Candyman before we saw the film, and more scenes from our reaction to it. Also, we get into the Matrix Resurrection trailer and our hopes and expectations for Matrix 4. Lastly, Kat previews Halloween Kills. Without spoiling it, she talks about her disappointment with the film, but next week we'll get more in-depth into it. But until then, enjoy. coming out that i'm excited about if anything let's see halloween yeah halloween that is still on decky i know that greg is really really excited about the new james bond i figure i should see a james bond maybe that's isn't that coming out like right before christmas i think it's coming out in october now okay I guess I feel like I should see Annette because I try to see all the movie musicals that happen. I would have to probably wait until my parents are out of town to watch that. What is that? Because apparently... Uh, Baby Bonnie. Yeah, and uh, I believe that uh, Adam Driver does a delivers a rock opera number while actively eating a woman out. How is that possible? Maybe I need to... I imagine it's a dream, a dream sequence of some sort. It's someone's dream coming true. He's very talented. Um, Candyman. I, I'm ready yeah, Candyman. I. Every trailer I watch for it, it looks less good, which is disappointing because the guy who is like the main guy in that movie is was the guy in Watchmen, the main guy in Watchmen. Yeah, um, and he was spe- he is spectacular in Watchmen, but in every trailer I see, I'm like homie i don't think it's i i well, hope they're just showing the most over the top bits to try to be like hey come find out why this is happening but for me it's just kind of making me go uh-oh you never seen the original candy man right yeah no i have not so the trailer at least is honest to that but it's like one of those things to where if you tell the Candyman origin, you have what they're doing to his character in it. I I I don't want. Well, are you well? Are you going to watch the original at all? Do you plan on? Uh, it? it depends on where it's streaming before the new one comes out. It's streaming free because I watch it for free. Um, I watched it about three weeks ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it was on Tubi, but they're they're trying to reimagine the origin of the villain that that he is basically. Um, With bees, yeah, basically. I mean, I'll be honest; like, there's like there hasn't been a lot of horror movie trailers I've actually liked. Mm -hmm. Like, other than 
I think the OG, well, the not this last Halloween, the Halloween before this one. Yeah. I like that trailer. I don't like a lot of them, but it's been a minute since they've actively turned me off of a movie, which I think is my problem here. Okay. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping it's just a bad trailer. Okay, let's see. What else is coming out? Oh, it's all a bad trailer. I didn't like that Ghostbusters trailer. Oh, nope. I I have no nostalgia for the Ghostbusters movies. I watched the first, like the first, the original for the first time in December 2019. I thought it was fine. Um, I have no. Ah, uh, yes. That shit looks bad. Um, it, look, it looks bad, but it's a bad ride I want to join. Okay, it's bad. So it's got to be a bad, good movie. Halloween Kills, Dune, and The French Dispatch, and Top No Gun. Time to Die, and Top Gun Maverick. I should probably see the original Top Gun first, like all the way through, not just in chunks. Oh, you definitely should. Um, I'm also I'm a- kind of like, I'm not, I wouldn't say excited, excited. But like I am intrigued by Free Guy. Matrix Four. Eh. Oh no, it's gonna be terrible. I know, but it's coming out this year. Apparently. I'm kind of excited for Free Guy. Maybe that was because it was shot in like my fucking town. But like I'm intrigued to to check that out. I'll probably catch that streaming somewhere, maybe. Spider-Man um, No Way Home. Eh. Marvel's <laughs> really gonna have to put in an effort to earn oh. me back. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. So I saw your review of Black Widow and you're marveled out. So- the worst part is I really like their TV shows right now. I thought Loki was actually a really excellent exploration of the, the narcissist psyche uh, and like what what it really takes to change. And I feel like a lot of their shows have been striving for for similar high concept stuff. And then for Black Widow to be so fucking base, it was insulting. <laughs> And I kind of am ready to be done with their movies now. I was like, oh, this is what I have to look forward to? After, like, this beautiful narrative of what is self-love versus narcissism, I have to deal with this? You know the kind of thing that I I really disliked about Black Widow? You know how in the beginning they're kind of showing, like, the, the grainy footage of the, the girls being basically trafficked or whatever? Ohio? I, yeah, I feel like I feel like that was a real opportunity to to really put their balls on the line and say Black Widow is trying to save these girls and getting like sex trafficked, but they're basically getting trafficked to not be goons in an army. It, it just well, they're just they're being geez. they're trying to stop them from being more widows like her. Yeah, I know, but it's like, but like. Remember how a central plot point in Age of Ultron was like, they took my uterus away. I can't have children. Yeah. It could have been about that. It could have been about, I don't want all these girls to get mutilated. Yeah. And like, even then, I feel like that would be a little like, only real women have uteruses and women are just by their their babies. But like, at least it would have been a take. And I feel like the take of this movie is like, yeah, well, assassins are bad, see? And it's like, yeah, no shit. Like that's that's literally it. We don't want these people to be, you know, hitmen. That's it. And it's like, okay, whatever. Just give her the check and go. Like that's basically what it felt like, honestly. Yeah, and I liked the idea of Red Scare, and I liked the idea of 
the mom stand in. But also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Red Room, the elite fucking Russian training academy is a spaceship. And it's not like, oh, there's like two widows every year that make it. There are hundreds. (laughs) What? They're giving out the blue check to anybody these days. Yeah, exactly. I was like, dang, (laughs) everybody's TikTok famous now. What the fuck? Like, basically, nah. at least at least the Suicide Squad wasn't that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I kind of like my idea that every generation has a different name better, though. Wouldn't that be so much more interesting? If they were like, nah, they all got the hook hands, but they all have unique identities. So this one was the candy man. This one, you know, is the artist. Like everyone is different. That would have been so much uh that also you can't have... they, that's kind of what they implied by the lore that they did, though, especially because it implies that Candyman 2 and 3 didn't happen, only Candyman 1 happened. And at least as far as I got, and what you just said implies that that was not explained in Candyman one so (laughs) get your i don't mean to be rude to this movie although i feel like i've already been very rude to this movie but get your fucking story straight movie like oh the the only part of Candyman two that actually is in this movie is just his name they they in the second Candyman they actually tell you like what his name what his origin is which in a lot of ways actually even though it's it's probably a worse movie it actually the second movie actually does a, a better job of explaining Candyman. Um, but again, like you don't need to watch it. This whole movie is like trying not to be suspicious. Like it's it's like, oh yeah, we definitely saw the original Candyman and we had some problems with it. But it seems like they only actually read the Wikipedia of the first Candyman. <laughs> you know, like it seems like they really missed a lot of the like pulp for lack of a better term or like the depth yeah so and instead of like it you know what it reminds me of in a lot of ways did you see the remake of beauty and the beast uh no did not in the remake of beauty and the beast they were like we're gonna fix all the problems that everybody had with beauty and the beast and everybody was like we didn't really have that many problems with the original and they're like shut up we're gonna fix it we're like okay um so like they made bell even more like feminist because like she has to she has to be the most feminist and like they turned her into macgyver basically which was really dumb uh and like you know the beast had to be a little bit redeemable but also he had to be transformed as an adult which implies that and they like added all this stuff right and it didn't actually fix any problems it just made things more confusing yeah but they also tried to make it more like woke and palatable for modern audiences which felt inauthentic and didn't land and that's exactly what i feel like they're doing here where they're like okay so Candyman is actually a a, a advocate for racial inequality (laughs) and like and is an advocate for like healing through reparational murder he's gonna do more for race relations than barack obama ever did Yeah, and like I I have a few questions. Also the fact that the girls were said candy bad in that mirror without 
taking a video for social media oh, to be so far out of that scene. You're absolutely right. They should have like, definitely getting that. getting murdered by Candyman would have been a TikTok trend, and I want that so bad. <laughs> if you do a selfie video of you saying Candyman five times, will he still be there? Because I think there is there all cameras have mirrors in them. We'll take, but also you could say it in any mirrors. yeah you could say it in a in a reflection too because someone said it in a window yeah. I, I do apologize for kind of going on that diatribe, but I also don't because I do feel like it is not hard to do that as a white person. It is not hard to do the bare minimum in understanding these signifiers, right? And so the fact that a movie made by Black filmmakers that is predicated on understanding this struggle falls apart when you get even a little bit close to it. Yeah. Is and it and it is not in an attempt to make it more palatable for white audiences. Oh, speaking of Matrix Two, would you think about the the Matrix Four trailer? I am maybe the most excited about. Well, I'm I'm very excited about it because it seems super cool. I'm also not sure it needs to be a Matrix movie. Uh... It kind of seems to me like. This was a really good idea for an action movie. And the only way the Wachowskis could get funding for it is if they made it into a Matrix movie. Maybe. Because they're they're gonna do the Force Awakens thing. Like I I there's I've next seen, generation now. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, Morpheus is gone. I don't think they're bringing back Jada Pickett Smith's character. No. Uh you know, and oh shit. Oh, so are you going to watch the first? Well, are you going to watch the second two movies? Ah. So Matrix 2 <laughs> is enjoyable, though. And, and when I say they're going to do the For- Force Awakens thing, like Matrix 2 and Matrix 3, they don't get really philosophical, like very much at all. My favorite scene in, in Matrix 2 is probably the most philosophical scene in the movie. Is when there is Neo is talking to the Oracle on a park bench. And it's just a conversation just about whatever the fuck. And that's my favorite scene in the entire movie. There's no action. They're literally just sitting down on a bench having a conversation. And the rest of the movie is basically action, action, action. The third movie is all action. It's it's nothing that is philosophical in any way, shape, or form. And so this fourth one, they're basically going to be doing, well, we're still in the Matrix, everyone, but it's just on our cell phones now. Like Everyone's on the internet now. So we're even more ingrained in the Matrix now. So when I watched the trailer, I was excited for that. And I think that they're going to, I think they're going to pull it off, but it's like, they're, they're going to do a lot of rehashing of, of shit, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like the idea though, that like, and and if they if they fully commit to this, I'll be very impressed that Mr. Anderson just straight made everything up. Like Ooh. if they if they really commit to that, and that's why he's in therapy, and we actually see him in several different therapists' office. Also, I'm so excited to see Neil Patrick Harris. Like, I don't know why, 
But as soon as I heard him talk, I was like, yeah, he, he would be such a good therapist. Like oh, I immediately nice. got the vibes. <laughs> the colored uh, glasses are super aggressive. What I yeah. what they're trying to make with that. But um, I'm assuming that Jonathan Groff is going to be some weird tech CEO. Probably trillionaire who, off the ass. Who's probably going to basically pitch a matrix and the movie is going to be about stopping him and also figuring out what was real and what wasn't real you because i watch two and three i don't know how we get to a regular society from my understanding of where three ended you should definitely watch two and three i because i if you I'm, I'm guessing you probably already read like wikipedias of two and three but i think if you watch it you, <laughs> if you watch it you'll kind of you kind of know why a fourth one was not needed, but I do think it will help you kind of generate ideas of what they're going to do with the fourth one. Um, I would totally be down uh, if we wanted to swap out some of the schedule. Well, I don't, they don't have a date for the fourth one yet, or is it on Christmas I think Day? It's spring, isn't it? December Christmas. 22nd, 2021. Yeah. Again, I don't know all the minutiae that gets us there, right? Yeah. But like, I do know where it ends up. Yeah. That's why I'm I'm kind of hoping that we get some just well and proper unhinged Wachowski nonsense. Oh. Because if they commit to that, well, I think only I think only Lana's involved yeah, Lana. actually. Yeah. They both wrote it, I think. But I think Lana's really, this no, is her baby. No, the other one didn't. This Lily? Is all, yeah, Lana wrote it with two other people. Okay. I hope that, I don't know how to say this without sounding rude, but I hope that it doesn't, it's obviously got to take itself somewhat seriously, but I hope that some of the joy that exists in other Wachowski projects like Speed Racer and like even even Cloud Atlas, which is not a good movie, exist in this movie because it's going to suck if it's somber and self-serious. And if this becomes the candy man of of this thing, you know, we we got to watch. We got to watch Bound. We have to put that on the list because. Ooh, doggy, that is a movie, boy. That is a movie. I'll also be interested to see if they, if the, the Matrix Four uh, directly addresses any of the the trans allegory that exists. Oh, I have to. They this, like because, like I said in, in the original episode we did for the original one, like in the moment that wasn't in the moment that wasn't like an outward conversation, like in kind of pop culture. But now, like they. Ha- if they don't, I will be very disappointed. Like they have to have it now. So, or maybe I mean, we're does, just smart enough to where we pick up on it. Does it cheapen it? Does it cheapen it if they uh, direct it, direct it addressly? If they address it directly? Uh, no, because this whole episode has been about if you can do something smartly and, and thoughtfully, do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the, even the thing is, so like if we look at the original Matrix. And 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 we go back to 90, 98, you know, when 99, when people were talking about it and that wasn't a thing, but we look at the movie now and the subtext is there, 
they did it subtly that it all makes sense now they still she still has it in her to do that so i'm gonna go without that they actually can't do it again so i i think there's gonna be a lot of, there's gonna be queer coding i don't think they're gonna be ham-fisted about it and even if they are i i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt of still pulling mm. the shit off can i can i, I just I, say that i'm i'm still scrolling through this candy man guide because i hate myself Oh, my God. <laughs> and they have a timeline of the history of Cabrini Green, which is actually pretty interesting. Um, so, but and, and the, the last the last thing on the timeline is 2021. Candyman is in theaters, having been delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Why is that on a Cabrini Green timeline? Like, that has nothing to do with the history of fucking Cabrini Green. Man. Like, I mean, it is because they did film there, but it didn't help. No, I mean, and, and actually, the funny thing is, I when they did the first shot, um, I recognized I was Cabrini Green from, from, like, photos. Can I ask a weird question? Were the credits backwards for you? Yeah, in the beginning okay. they were. Okay, yeah. great. So I, I thought that was there a was, choice. It was there a was choice. definitely a moment where I was like, something's wrong. Because like, the whole I mean the whole mirror shit. Yeah. Uh yeah. also, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but when the first trailer came out, if you muted it and played it in in matched up with the candy man, like who can take the sunrise, uh sprinkle it with di- all the cuts line up, which uh, I thought I, was I really funny. Um I did not notice that at all. And I think it's really funny that they also just that was the song they played immediately. Like, it seemed like they were like, see, see, we made this one joke. See, 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 did you get it? Did you? Did you? Did you? And if that's not how the whole movie went. Yeah. One of if you ever watch Hoop Dreams, one of the subjects in Hoop Dreams is from uh, Cabini Green. Sprinkle it with do. They spring this whole movie would do. I tell you that much. Man, what a bad movie! What a bad movie. Terms to know: urban renewal. Oh boy. Christ, like, and that's and that's the whole thing. Like, I get it. Like, I I understand it. This is a quiz. They have a quiz have about a, the geography of Cabrini Green. Like, I I get it, but. It's not needed at all. Like, <sighs> not needed at all, man. Like, come on, dog. Like, it's just, it's, it's whatever. It's just fucking crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. And so, even, even the first movie, the first one, the original, like, they did a brief, like, thing on Cabrini Green. Fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Damn no motherfucker! I'm not taking no fucking pop quiz to watch a fucking movie, man. Like, it's just it's just a it's just a level of of black self seriousness. I do like. Oh, okay. They beyond. they have a very cool um like segment in here though about the guy who did the art for the movie. That was one of the other things I didn't like. So and it, ham, specifically ham, those paintings at the end. Well, I like I I like the scary ones. I didn't like the beginning ones with the like the nooses around black people's necks. Like, you know, put the B in subtle, please. Like, <laughs> uh, 
there's just a lot of this movie just really fucked up man i gave it one star on letterbox let me read you this reflection prompt think about a piece you've created a poem a choreographed dance etc then take time to write an art reflection please explain the process behind your work why it was important to create it and some of your challenges you faced while making it using reflective statements about our processes help us to make us more self-aware man and that was not it like that's like like i think i gave it two but a lot of that was guilt yeah he gave it two and so like i think for me i i do like i gave showgirls five stars because i legit think that it is if you're looking for something absurd like that is the movie to look at if you want to be entertained it has some elements that are entertaining whether it be good for bad reasons but this is like this is a poor excuse for an hour 36 minute film like it just hour 31 oh shit gave too much credit i can't believe it's that it's that short like it felt so long it felt so fucking long man right like they all came together because they all agreed that saving the world was important, except Polka Dot Man, who was just trying to get revenge on his mom, and that's why he died. Fine. Great. Um, so they didn't just say it. They did also, they show and tell it. Do I, did I need quite as many scenes of Peter Capaldi explaining? No. Did I need quite as many scenes of the government explaining? No. Did I need them to kill all the birds for some fucking reason? No. Imagine if Harley saw that, though. Like, if you wanted to do that scene, right? You were desperate to do that scene. Make it matter by making Harley see it. Harley's best friend is Poison Ivy, and in the comics together, they run a nature reserve. Harley's an animal lover. It's kind of canon. If she saw him doing that, there are stakes and then he wants to kill children and there are stakes and like you could raise the stakes for her to like 15 out of a possible five (laughs) and instead they only raised it to like an eight out of a possible five which is still enough to carry the movie on but like when then why did we waste time watching him kill those birds to understand he is a bad guy they've told us he's a bad guy many times now yeah They've also told us that his friend is a romantic. So it kind of makes sense that maybe he's not that. Don't spoil it for me. And we'll talk about this next. Uh, we'll talk about it on Monday, but I'm guessing Halloween like a, a fart in the wind. It's really a second installment. Uh, sophomore jinx. A sophomore slump, baby. Everything is more and less of it lands. Oh, shit. My review for Nerd Caliber should be out tomorrow. Uh, it is spoiler free if you want to take a read of that or wait until after and read it. Uh, but I'm really proud of it. It's my first review in 18 months. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure and I blitzed it out in like an hour and a half because I took good notes during the movie. Oh, that's cool. Was there a lot of people at the screening? Yeah, I was pretty busy. Okay. Well, in those kind of screeners, do you have interaction with other critics there? Or is it just mostly motherfuckers are just kind of to themselves and then they peace out? It really is situational. 
a lot of it is if you know somebody, you invite them to get a drink after or whatever. But a lot of them are on tight deadlines. So they usually say no. But like last night, I didn't know anybody. And like one person and I swapped business cards. Uh, But that was like about it because he heard me talking about uh, Streets of Fire. And he was like, (laughs) I love Streets of Fire. And I was like, hey, and he's like, hey. And then we like swapped business cards and that was it. That's cool. That's cool. Would that ever be on the docket to cover? Streets of Fire? Yeah. Yes. Our opening song is from it right now. I do not maintain that it is a good movie, but I do maintain that it is an incredibly fun movie. Oh, uh, damn. I thought you were going to say incredibly entertaining, and I was going to say just like Showgirls. <laughs> it's, it's imagine if Showgirls was fun. Okay, that level of camp? Yes. It is young Willem Dafoe with oh, Elvis hair in latex overalls and What's no shirt. What's a better combination than that? I have yet to think of one. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Did um, Eric told me he talked to you a little bit about Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah. Um, would um, you never seen it, right? I have seen it. Oh, you have? Okay. Not not in like a very long time. The last time I saw it, I think I was like ten or eleven. Okay. But I've seen the musical a couple of times. Um, Eric may want to get on an episode if you want to cover that. But obviously, yes. that, that wouldn't be until... Uh, I will sing I a lot. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. But I'm down. For, I haven't watched it. I legit haven't watched it since like elementary school. I used to be scared of that movie, actually. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> Hold on, how young when you first watched it? I saw the musical for the first time when I was like nine or ten. And then I think okay. I saw the movie later the same year. Do you remember what age you stopped being scared of movies? Well, were you ever scared of horror movies? Oh, Actually, yes. not even horror movies. Like, I guess it's not technically a horror movie. I was scared but... of the dark until I was 15. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> So like growing up, my my friend Ellie used to live near this house and they used to go all out for Halloween every year in their front yard. They would turn it into this crazy like walkthrough attraction. And like as a side effect of that, um, they used to have these cases that looked like they were falling on you. And as they looked like they were falling on you, uh, Chucky and Tiffany would fall out and they would get like really close to you. And like I still struggle to get through child's play movies oh because of because that, of that. yeah because they were so like tangible yeah um like i i could if i had had my arm up like this i would have caught him like Jeez. that's that's how close we're talking so you know i certain things have have bothered me more than others um but i would say that like little shop of horrors which is on the campier side of things yeah Probably would have stopped bothering me around 13, 14, maybe a little older. Because when I started looking at, oh, this is a puppet and that's really cool. Like when I started seeing the artistry in there, I think is when I started like separating myself out from some of that. In terms of actually like scary movies, 
like I like actually scary movies. If they scare me, I feel like they're doing their job. <laughs> and that's <laughs> even, even now good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not well, like I'm staying up late at night going like, ah, shit, Billy Loomis is coming for me. But like, <laughs> you know, if if I, if a movie makes me go, oh, like yeah. earnestly, I think that's yeah. a, a good thing because I am so used to the trope set that exists in scary movies now. Oh, yeah. Um, or even in like the cases of like the alien movies, which don't really make me jump like that. Like seeing the alien like spit still makes me go like, <laughs> like, you know, that like tactile feeling. Yeah, you can tell visceral reactions to this shit. Yeah. Um, even though like I love alien. Alien's great. I um I was I was at least f- uh four or five when I first watched Little Shop of Horrors. And that was I think that's too young. That's to a watch little young that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny shit is, like, so I think being that young and I kind of scarred by that, um, it's so funny because, like, even when I was maybe about, like, eight or nine, I, like, watched Nightmare um, on Elm Street for the first time, like, the mm-hmm. original one. And I don't know. I, like, avoided horror movies for a long time. And then now it's, like, I'm, I'm not scared of horror movies anymore. But I still get like that kind of like sort of tingle, kind of like mm-hmm. excited kind of feeling. And you know what really did it? Like really the last one that like really got me was uh hereditary. Mm-hmm. Hereditary was wild. Like I was I was am, I was impressed about how chilling that movie actually was. Yeah. I actually never wound up finishing it. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. For me, I feel like also there's a difference in my mind between like, and this is probably splitting hairs, but like horror and fear. Because like certain scary movies that are not necessarily like horror movies have kept me up late thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and if if horror movies, some horror movies, I think. Or, or let me put it this way. Some scary movies hold up a mirror to people and go, look at yourself. Yeah. And that's the stuff that keeps me up at night. Yeah. Um, like, it's kind of like the difference between like horror, fear, and anxiety, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of like on a, not a sliding scale. It's not necessarily even. But, right. Um, even there's, like, there's a spectrum of different types of fear. Yeah. Um, and like I one thing that I feel like and I did not touch on this in my review, and we'll definitely talk about it more on Monday, but I feel like Halloween kills tried to hit too many of them. Okay. Not enough. Okay. So at one point they tried to do the like the maybe the real monsters are people, but also there is a terror stalking you in the night, but also and I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's a Michael Myers in all of us, but there's an actual but real also, Michael Myers. In the first scene, he killed 11 people with a fire axe. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, just for, for your notes, I'll be interested to see if you, you come to the same mathematical conclusion as me. But uh, per my math, Michael Myers kills 32 people, which averages out 
to one body every three and a half minutes. Damn, that's fucking nuts. Well, and it I, made it very difficult to enjoy the movie. Well, in, in the trailer, I can I can actually see that number being fairly accurate because he's like mowing people down. And it's like, it feels like almost video game-esque to where he's like mowing them down, but they just like re- they keep like respawning to mow more people yeah. down. So I'll be interested to see what you think of it, because the thing for me is like there's really good stuff in it. Okay, it's all just happens to be saddled down with this insane violence. And it's it's 60 percent a good movie. But that 40 percent is so draggy. Yeah, it 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 is impossible for me to come out saying it's good. I can't say it's bad either. Well, but I, you know, I can't. That's why I gave it a right down the middle. You know, a tale, though, that it's probably not favorable is when movie theaters or movie, when movie studios, they they don't they don't show critics the movie early to review. They hold it off like to like right when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And like even for like Dune like people will watch dune like weeks ago already um mm-hmm. uh, yes i've heard i've heard mostly good things about her some i haven't read anything specifically but I, i'm hearing like it's pretty i'm favorable. seeing the french dispatch on monday or tuesday next week okay. and like i know it comes out on friday but that's a very limited release so the fact that i'm seeing it early at all instead of just being offered a free ticket to the first night yeah it's a big deal um yeah. i'm seeing dune next week early nice nice. and my boyfriend is coming um <laughs> he's never been the to one of these one. before so i think it'll be fun Aww. um that's cute that's cool yeah i hope he likes it the the actual honest to goodness reviewers saw dune today and yesterday in boston okay i am being I- invited to see it early as an influencer next uh, week nice <laughs> um nice. <laughs> and yes so in case you were wondering i am a second class citizen <laughs> Hilarious. but like I'm, I'm trying to think of how to describe it um the example i always use is i remember uh once there was a hole in my newspaper where the gi joe rise of cobra review was supposed to be but they never did a press screener for it. Holy shit. So so the reviewer just posted like, there's nothing I can talk about. I haven't seen it yet on Friday morning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's a terrible sign. Yes. Um, and in this case, for such a big release, like Halloween 2018 printed money for that studio. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the fact that the press release was the same night as the world premiere and the world premiere was on a Tuesday night after yeah. Columbus Day, it, it just seemed a little weird to me. Yeah. But like, I don't know whose fault this is. I, th- anyway, um, cut, Wait, cut all that, put it at the beginning of next week's or do it as a bonus <laughs> ode, um, like a preview. Yeah. We'll yeah, we'll definitely get more in depth because I I definitely have high hopes for it. And even still, like I, I definitely still 
keep judgment for stuff until I can see it. I, it's so frustrating because the good is so good. I see everything that I loved about 2018 and even the original and even season of the witch, which I finally saw. What a, what a (laughs) picture show. Um, you know, but I see all the things that I loved about the franchise in there. I just can't get to them. Yeah. And that's frustrating to me. No, I mean, we're big, we're big Jamie Lee Curtis fans on this side and big Mm -hmm. Halloween fans on this side too. So, I mean, it's something disappointing. It's disappointing, but I think definitely kind of living with it more and kind of talking it out a bit more. I think maybe I will, we can kind of get something else from it. I will also be really interested to see once Halloween ends is out, if my opinion will change. Because to me, this feels like the movie whose job it is to link one and three. It is in the unfavorable position of holding hands with both and being pulled. And to me right now, not seeing the ending, it feels taut and like kind of bullshitty. But once I've seen the whole the whole vision, it might land better. Hopefully. Has there been any other trilogies you can think of to where the 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 ends were good but the middle was bad? Because I think like the original Star Wars, actually the original and this new trilogy have like mm. the, the inverse of that. I think that the original, uh, not the original, the like the Anakin trilogy. Oh, the second? I think, yeah, I think Attack of the Clones is the oh. weakest. Yeah, good example. Um, I am not to say that Phantom Menace is strong. But I am it's, saying it is stronger than Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it's like and a then, six and I actually think I think Revenge of the Sith is actually a pretty damn good movie. I just wish that they had spent like really what they needed was the last 20 minutes of Attack of the Clones. And they could have expanded Revenge of the Sith into its own movie. Anyway, that could have been a whole trilogy. Anyway. <laughs> actually. Yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're right. Um, and like all of the stuff about his mom could have been told in flashbacks. We wouldn't necessarily need to like watch him murder women. And ch- anyway, <laughs> that's a different podcast. Um, Hilarious. It's so close that the fact that it misses feels so much more egregious to me. That said, yeah. I'll be I'm watching it again this weekend. I'm watching it again on Sunday. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I will have more to say, hopefully, on Monday. And maybe it will change. I saw the 2018 Halloween twice in a week and a half. Okay. And I remember, like, the second time through, I was like, wow, I noticed a lot more. So I'm I'm hoping I will have that experience with this one as well. Maybe I'm missing the key. What's the fastest you ever turned around to see a movie? Because I think I've seen... I think the fastest I've done is like a midnight Thursday and then like a Saturday morning turnaround for mm-hmm. Jedi. Mm-hmm. Love, I love fucking Jedi, man. I think I saw a couple of the Marvels. I would go see like Friday night with my friends and then like Sunday afternoon with my dad. Oh, that's chill. That's cool. That's usually like the, the, the turnaround on something like that. Um, I usually try to give myself at least a day. Um, but that said, like, I feel like the first time I saw Spider-Man into the, or no, the first time I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, I saw it twice in a week, which was like too much. 
but I really love clean. So like it was it was more about experiencing the music in a theater full of people who were ex- often experiencing it for the first time. All right, that's cool. I see um, that. But I also I think Toy Story three I saw twice in the same weekend. Holy shit. Okay. Well, so that happened to come out my last weekend of middle school. Like I was going to high school (laughs) and I was going to high school, like at a different school than all of my friends. Oh, I know that trauma. Yeah. So we all went to go see it together. And then I went to go see it with my parents again. And like, usually I try to put at least one full weekend day in between. Yeah, we got to. I, I don't think I've ever seen... I don't think I've ever watched a new movie back-to-back days. I think that would definitely be too much. All right, you ghouls and goblins. (laughs) Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Deleted Scenes. Next week, Kat and I will be reviewing Halloween Kills. Until then, be easy. Follow Kat at Kat underscore Chianetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Showin Mad Love on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow our Twitter page at Kat and Mark and read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and themarkrob.wordpress.com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenley. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I shouldn't have put The Godfather on. Stuart, it's. Because now, now you just want to watch The Godfather. It's too remarkable just for a background. Um, you, you haven't seen it yet, right? No. I've been I've been waiting to to do it because I assumed we would do it as part of this at some point. Um, I'm I'm definitely up for that. Um, I mean that can be something like eventually, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a this is a aged movie, so you know it I w- sucks. Listen, I'll be a bad Italian until then. That's okay. Hilarious. They they actually they modified the third movie and it's re-edited mm-hmm. um but francis Ford coppola like helped with the re-editing but the original isn't anywhere i guess like you probably have to like buy the original yes and that sucks like so like the original like the original third was like super panned and well it, it can't you can't really compare it to one and two because it's one and two but like my understanding is it's a decent movie but not compared to one and two like one and two are so in the stratosphere that three does really well but like comparing them as a series was kind of fraught i, I mean it's like like the first two are like eight like literally eight plus movies and the third one I would say it's like a B minus. It's mm-hmm. it's like a it's like an eighty two. Like it's good. There's like parts of it that are kind of satisfying, but there's a there's a section of it that I think there's like one plot point that 
I think people like severely hated and that that made them like hate the movie or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was that bad though. I don't think it was that bad. I will keep an eye out for a like nice DVD copy of Godfather Three secondhand, and I'll mail it to you with with your Charizard <laughs> if I find it. I appreciate that. Well, do you want to transition from the classic cinema of the Godfathers to the classic cinema of Carrie? <laughs> this movie is wild as fuck, man. I wish this movie was directed by someone who likes women and thinks of them as people. 